Lord Jesus, we're just excited to be in your presence. We're so thankful for the privilege of worshiping you. And we're going to worship you even now as we talk about you. And we're asking that you would guide us, each one of us. We're coming here tonight expecting you to, to open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes to see you in a deeper way. And would you just lead us? Lead us, Lord. Lead our lives. Teach us. Teach us more about yourself. And bless us because we've been here because we want to be here to honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Did you guys pray with me? Or were you just closing your eyes pretending you were praying? <laughs> it's really easy to do that. Okay. Matt's still handing out Bibles if you need one, get one from him. Okay. This is what I, what, let, me, let me ask you guys. What did I just pray? I asked the Lord for something, right? What did I ask the Lord for something or not? Or are you guys sleeping? What did I, did I ask the Lord for something as I prayed? Got a few yeses. Okay. Maybe we need to practice Simon Says or something. Okay. <laughs> Simon Says, say yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay. I asked the Lord for something. We all stood up a minute ago. Did, was that, did I forget something? We all stood up and we all prayed together and we asked the Lord for something. What did we ask the Lord for? To speak to us. And what, so I asked him to speak to us, and I asked him for something more that I maybe asked for more this time than I normally do. And I to open our hearts. Is because speak to us I and open our hearts. We're just coming together. This is going to be and family what night, kind of. What's that? Yes, somebody said it here. His will. Wait, is, is, did Annika say that? Okay, did I not just pray? Here you go. Here you guys. I just prayed, Lord, would you lead us right now in this meeting where you want us to go? Did I pray that? Maybe it wasn't those exact words, but that's basically what I was praying. Lord, would you open our minds, would you open our hearts, and would you lead us to where you want us to go? Okay. Is that a good prayer? It's a good prayer. Okay. Okay. Here's, here's what I think. Just, just even as I was praying that, I thought, I need, we need to talk about this a little bit. How many of you guys want to know God's will for the next our, our staff meeting in a few days? 30, past seven and a half minutes. The need to have Okay, how many of you guys want to know what God's will is for the next 37 and a half years? Yes. Amen. I mean, you guys want it, right? How many of you are frustrated by not knowing how to find that out? Some of you guys like, I don't want to admit, but I am frustrated about it. Okay, how many of you, are, how many of you that crosses your mind? Like, if you're like me, let me tell you, when I was your age, my heart was beating after the Lord. Lord, I want to do your will. I want to make this life of mine matter for you. And it seems like everybody out there knows what they're supposed to do, and they got their careers, and they got their jobs, and they got their cars, and they got their resumes. They got a clue, and I'm following you, and I don't have a clue as to what's supposed to happen. But God, I want your will for my life. I think you, there's people in, in this room like that who are going, like, I, 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 I am frustrated. Okay. I don't even know okay. I'm how, many of you are, how many of you, you that crosses your like mind? Like, you. I mean, some of you guys have been following Jesus for a long time, and you're still feeling like, I'm not sure what my life is supposed to be about. I know I'm supposed to follow him. I know I'm supposed to show up at the merge on Thursday night. I know I'm supposed to do no Bible, no breakfast every day. Attitude and all the this. Paul's attitude is verses, in verse and I go to church on Sunday. In all, what's the next step? You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. Okay. I hope you're feeling like that. It's good to feel like that. 
I, I hope there is a holy frustration in your hearts of saying, God, I know there's more. And I don't know what it is, but I want it. And I'm frustrated that I don't have all that I know that I was made for. I hope you're feeling like that. Okay. So I'm asking your permission right now to answer from the Bible and from the Holy Spirit how, how you should proceed in life if that's the feeling in your heart. Is that okay? Can we talk about this? Okay. Who wants to talk about this? Okay. Who'd rather talk about something else? <laughs> you can raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess let's talk about this. If you are like I was, like I still am in some ways, you, your heart is like, God, I want to know you. I want to serve you. I want this life to count. Past years, we went what through the loop before so that. And as I've been thinking Here's about we're gonna what start. we're going to do tonight, like let's I said. Let's look at Philippians 1. Let's look at Philippians 1. What, we want here tonight. what I want here tonight, the reason I didn't spend a bunch of time preparing going through what I'm going to talk about tonight. Okay. You guys remember what the book of Philippians is about? Who's the book of Philippians being written to? You guys are brilliant. The church of Philippi. Who's it being written by? Sitting here Paul. Waiting and where's and waiting Paul? And waiting. When he's writing this. Prison. He's in prison. He's in prison. And I, and I want you to see what Paul's doing when he's in prison. He's in prison. Have you guys been in a situation where you're waiting for something to happen? Want other people to come to meetings that and wait the Holy Spirit won't and wait come to. And you're just like, so what, God, what, is this really your will for my life? Is this really the best way for me to spend the next 24 hours? Sitting here waiting and waiting and waiting. And yet, if so I'm, we're going to look at verse 9. But before that, I just want you to see Paul's attitude in all this. Paul's attitude is in verse 4. In all, well, let's, let's look at verse 3. I thank God every time I remember you. Guess what Paul's thinking about as he's in prison? He's thinking, thinking about the, the people of God. Church and they'll do something really part. special and in our lives through what's going on here of them, And, and we'll see. Like, I'm thankful. Okay? So his attitude is a good attitude. In, in verse 4, in all my prayers for you, I always what? pray with loves God. You guys with me? Joy. You always pray with joy because you're part of it. Here's what I want you guys to see. Paul's writing this letter to the church in Philippi, and he's about to say something really important, but he's saying this not from a condemning attitude. He's saying this even though he's in prison, he's saying it with, with thankfulness and joy. Okay? Now, you guys are going to like what you find out here in verse 9. He's praying for the church in Philippi, and this is my prayer. As he prays for the church of Philippi, what's he praying? If he is praying, done, what's he praying for the church of Philippi? That Amanda just read? No, no. Love. And I, this is my prayer that your love may abound or grow more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. What's he, what's he asking that the church of Philippi would experience? Okay, love. His prayer is that the church of Philippi would be a church that's, that's, that, that loves. Loves what? Loves God and loves people. Okay? And then in verse 10, guys, I want you to check this out. My prayer, Paul says, I'm here in jail, in the stinking jail without plumbing. And my prayer 
is that you guys would grow and grow and grow in love. Verse 10, so that you may be able to discern what is best. Guys, I think that's worth underlining. You guys want to know what, what we should do in the next 37 and a half minutes here? Or in the next 37 and a half years of your life? How do you know what, what you're supposed to do? How do you know if you're supposed to go to Japan this summer or go to the Philippines this summer or hang out at the UTA or take this job or that job? You know what? Paul says, what does Paul say is the key for no one being able to discern, being able to understand what's best? Love. Love. Okay. I want you guys to just think about this. Okay, everybody thinking. What's the connection between loving more today than you did yesterday and loving more tomorrow than you do today? What's the connection between that kind of growing love and God's will for your life? According to this verse. That you have insight to be able to discern whether you're supposed to turn to the right or to the left if you, what does it say? If you love, exactly, if you love, okay? Okay, so I want you to, want you to think back again, think again about your life. You're, you're like, here I am, I'm 22 years old, I got 60 years ahead of me. I'm supposed to produce some of this. I don't got a, much of a career. It doesn't seem like a lot has worked so far. I don't know how to make it work. When I try things, there's so many people, so many voices telling me, that's not going to work. You guys heard those people talking before, right? Okay. And you're like, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to try it. I mean, I've had some people in this room this week asking me, should I go forward with this thing that's burning in my heart, or should I listen to what my dad said? Now, I'm not saying disrespect dad, or your mom, or your pastor, or Steve, or your house leader. I'm not saying disrespect those people. But, I, but you know how you know whether you should go down that route or not? What does it say here? It's about love. What's your motivation? What's your motivation? If his motivation is love, you will. If your life is about love, you're going to be able to discern what is best. Okay. Love. Okay, this prayer is a church. You guys with me? Okay, actually, we could, we could be writing this up here. Let's make, if we're, this is, this is all ad lib, guys, but if we're doing, okay, first thing is if you want to know the will of God, okay, let's, we could call this, this, this is what I do when I'm preparing for the merge, and you guys get to do it with me, okay? So, knowing God's will, um, Knowing God's will. Okay, first thing from Philippians 1, 9. If you want to know the will of God for your life, it's love. Okay? Is that okay? Okay, does that make sense? Is this, is this biblical truth or not? Okay, okay. Okay, let's look at another scripture, okay? Let's look at another scripture. You guys want to know what God's will is for your life? Okay, you do? Okay, let's look at Romans 12. Romans 12. Okay, do you guys know what the book of Romans is about? It's the letter to the church in Rome, being written by Paul. Good, you guys are catching on. Okay, okay. Romans 12, verse 1. 
Paul says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Think about what's, what's a living sacrifice, guys. What's, first of all, what's a sacrifice? A tribute? Okay. It's an offering? Okay. What, what do they do in the Old Testament? What, how, what was the sacrifice in the Old Testament? It's like you take your, your best lamb and slit his throat on the altar. I mean, it was, it was killing. It was killing an animal, offering it to the Lord. Okay? That's what sacrifice was in the Old Testament. So here Paul says, in view of what God's done, and meaning that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, in view of that, I'm inviting all of you at the cornerstone in Rome to offer your bodies as, aren't you glad that he put the word living in, in there? In view of that, I'm inviting all I'm of you at the cornerstone in your Rome bodies as living sacrifices. In other words, we don't want to take Shakita and put her up on the, on the altar as a, as a, well, let's not even think about that. Okay. The, it's that he's inviting us that and we don't your die. We offer ourselves. That as is here's my life. And my arms, it. my hands, my feet, my body for your service. Alive. Holy I offer and pleasing it to, you. to God. Okay, that's what he's inviting this us to. Your offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. You guys know what worship is? It, is, it includes praise. But according to this verse, what's worship? Given all you have. Hands, Good. feet, yes, mind, mouth, on. Okay. cell phone, okay. computer. Romans 12. Car. Wallet. Everything. Offering all you have, have to him. Offering your body as a living sacrifice. That is worship, it says. You guys, you guys understand this? There's a lot of talk about worship. Oh, I love their worship style. You know what God's worship style is? God's worship style is want you to check this out. My prayer, Paul Mind, says, I'm here in jail. We've got in the stinking jail without plumbing. Okay? Okay, we're still going somewhere here. Paul's asking us to offer this body to him in worship. Verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Okay, think, I want you guys to think about what Paul's saying here. The pattern of this world is contrary to God's plan. Put the word living in there. What everybody else says is good. I probably Offering your body. In fact, Jesus says at one point, that which is highly esteemed among people. You could be right in the test here. Let's make, if we're, this is, this is all ad-lib, guys, but if we're doing all the things that so many people get so excited about, God just says, that's not worth anything. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of Listen, your mind. To what my dad said. Okay, what's Paul asking us to do? Think now, I'm not saying disrespect dad. To renew our mind, to, to change the way we think. If we grew up not knowing Jesus, Jesus' plan for us is that our that that our way that we think would be different from how it used to be. Changed. Okay, be transformed by this renewing of our mind. That our minds be new. Some of you guys have. Have ruts, ways of thinking, habitual thought patterns that the Bible is inviting us to change. Testament. Renewing our mind. Like you take your, your best yeah. lamb. Yeah, okay. And slit his throat. Okay. Then, great. If you do that, amen. then I want you to see what's the Amen. Okay. So don't conform. 
form any longer the pattern of this world, but transform the renew your mind, and then look at this. Then, if you do that, then I want you to see what's promises. Then you will be able to test and prove. You know what God's worship God style is? God's worship style. This? We're talking about God's will. Knowing God's will, right? Knowing God's will for, for the next month and a half while I'm in Japan. Knowing me knowing what I'm supposed to be doing while I'm in Japan and the Philippines. As we think about what, your what, mind. what strategy are we going to use here? Paul asked us to do. People of Cornerstone. How are we going to do it? How are we going to you know God's will according to this verse? What does it say? By renewing our minds. Okay. Okay, so how do we know God's will? First of all, by loving him more. Loving him more, loving him more. Then you will be also by able to. That's Philippians 1, 9, 10. Test. This is renewing our minds. Okay. Here's what I want to do right here. Just be, before we go on and talk about some more of these things. Do, do any of you, does anybody got an example of how their, their mind was changed and they found the will of God by, by mind? By, they changed the way that they thought, our thought process. Something ch- They realized, oh, that's, that's true. It's and they changed the way they thought and through that they were able to find out what the next step was. Do you guys understand my question? Okay, can you think of an example? Okay, okay, okay. Th- think about this. Daniel, Daniel knows that God's calling him to, to world-changing mission stuff. And for him, I mean, is that true? I mean, he, he knows that. And for, he, he knows that in, for him that's been something in the future, something in the future, something in the future. And the renewing of his mind, as, as, I mean, there's been transforming work of the Holy Spirit of God in Daniel's life over the past couple of years. And at, at some point, Daniel says, this is not something in the future anymore. This is for today. Daniel spends 30 minutes a day going to Walmart to pray for people. Is that cool or what? Lighter and lighter. Well, Proverbs Why is he doing that? Six. What is he saying? Because, because, the because there are steps. Let me say it okay. again. The verse, the verse that goes along with what Daniel's talking about is Proverbs 14. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter. Actually, let's look at it because this, this goes right in ha- hand in hand with this. Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 4.18. Proverbs 14. Somebody, somebody read it. I already told you what it said, but you guys can read it. Okay, read it loud. Okay, you guys have has anybody been in a situation where they're walking, walking at night and the flash, the flashlight went dead? Has anybody like hiked all night? Anybody done that? Okay, Christina's done that. Where were you hiking all night? Okay, call her out. Christina's hiking all night. She got a flashlight. Her flashlight, did your flashlight go dead? Okay. Thank, thankfully, her flashlight didn't, didn't go dead. I've hiked in the night where it's dark. It's really, really dark. And then, and, and you know, when it's dark, you can't see anything. You can, I mean, it's hard to, to move. But as it gets lighter, as you move forward, it's just lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter. What Proverbs 14 is, say, is saying is the path, because I understand this. Let me say it again. The path 
of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn that gets lighter and lighter, brighter and brighter to the full light of day. Daniel's, Daniel's story, he's like, I know I'm supposed to do, be doing ministry, and I don't know where that is. I know I'm supposed to be taking steps toward that, but I don't know what that is, but I'm taking a step right now. So here's the invitation from the Holy Spirit of the people in this room right now. Some of you guys know that God's calling you to something, and you're like, God, when are you going to do it? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I've been waiting. Would you open the door? And the invitation of the Holy do. Spirit, some of you right now, is I've been waiting. starting doing what he's calling Would you open the door? If, if you don't have the money to go to Japan with us this summer, what's wrong with Walmart? <laughs> I'm dead serious. I mean, I, I want to take you to Japan. I want to take you to the Philippines. I want to take you to India in November when I'm going there. But what about, what about letting Daniel take you to Walmart? Well, I really want to do God's will in India. There's Indians at Walmart, too. And Japanese and Filipinos. Okay. Guys, I hope the Lord's speaking to you about that. Okay. Okay. So love, renewing our minds. That third one from, from uh, Proverbs 4. Waiting on the Lord, by the yes. way, doesn't mean. I don't know God's will. Like, uh, like waiting at a bus. Take oh. a step. Okay. Like yeah. Right the word step there. Just start moving. But I'm waiting on the Lord. Yeah. Wait on the Lord. Wait and on the Lord. At, at some point, Daniel says, do the last it's thing not something in the future anymore. This path, waiting on the Lord, by the of way, the righteous, that is like the first gleam of dawn. Like, like, like waiting on the bus lighter. If it's not waiting on the Lord, and it tries to is like who's, who's, what will happen? Who, does, who serves tables in a restaurant? Okay. Don't you call that waiting on people? What are you doing? You're sitting watching them waiting? No way. <laughs> you're moving. It's like you're, you're doing what you know that you're supposed to do. You guys understand? So you're waiting on the Lord. Stop talking about waiting on the Lord like you're not supposed to. I'm just waiting on the Lord. It's like, well, how about you clean the toilet at the cornerstone? Oh, I'm just waiting on the Lord to show me his will for, for my life. Are you guys hearing me? I mean, waiting on the Lord like Julia waits tables at Olive Garden. Olive Garden, right? She's working hard. She's waiting. Okay, so let's wait on the Lord like she waits on people. Okay. Step out, wait, tables, whatever it is. Okay. Um. Let, let me give you. Let me give you one more, okay? And then, and then I think we're gonna we're gonna try to spend some more time worshiping and praying together. But let me give you maybe two more, okay? Let's let's start with one. If you guys want another one, I'll, yeah. Let's look at um at Proverbs three, five, and six. Proverbs three. Again, what what we're trying to answer here is the question. Of knowing God's will. You want God's will for your life? Philippians 1 9, love. Romans 12, renew your mind. Proverbs 4 18, step out, start serving. Okay? Number four, Proverbs 3 5 and 6. What does it say? Somebody read it super loud. Okay? Who's got that memorized? Who does it in well, does it in life as well as they can say it? I mean, it's hard to do. Okay? It's easy to memorize the verse. It's hard to live out the verse. But, the, but what's, what's the gist of that verse? What's the point of that verse? Trust God. And if you trust God, what? 
You submit to him, that's right. And what? What's that? He'll make your life work. If you don't trust him, your life isn't going to work. You trust him, your life is going to work. Okay. So the fourth thing here is trust. Trust. And we t we've talked a lot about trust, guys. The question that I told you so many times, the Lord's asking you tonight. His question is, do you trust me? And you have so many reasons that it's hard to trust him. But that's his question, do you trust Jim. me? If there's anything okay, that's part more. of your life, let's look, let's, let's look at the final that scripture. Is n that, um, let's look at, let's look at John 15. Okay, you guys remember John 15? John 15 is the night before Jesus is put to death. And you have someone who's just washed his disciples' hard feet. To trust him. But that's his he's question. He's trying to explain to them that he's going to be put to death. And then he gives them, he gives them instruction on how they're to live their lives. Verse 5. I'm the vine. Okay, how? And you are the branches. Yeah. If a person remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. In other words, guys, understand what fruit means here. The fruit that he's talking about is that your life is going to produce what it's supposed to produce. You're gonna, you, the good things that he created you for are going to come out of your life if what? If you abide in him. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can't do very much, it says, Right? Not what it says. What does it say? You do nothing. You guys want to know God's will for your life? It's, it is that you produce a bunch of fruit. How are you going to produce fruit? By abiding in Him. So, here, so let me ask you guys this: What is it? What is what does it look like to abide in Him? We just we just touched on this last week a little bit in Psalm ninety-one. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Remember we talked about that. Living in Him, but, but let's let's do let's just talk for a minute. What you guys today? If somebody if somebody asks you, if you're a small group leader and somebody asks you, hey, what what does that mean to live to abide in Jesus? What does it mean? Okay, turn into when you're stressed out. How often are you stressed out? All the time. Okay, I'm always looking at Him. Yeah, that's right. So it's like turning him in every situation. That's right. <laughs> Good to live in close relationship. Okay, how? Yeah. Okay, reading his word, praying, looking at him when he's stressed out. And Amelia? Taylor is like, Jesus, let's go. That's right. That's right. I mean, he's with you. He promises he's with you always. But there's something, about, there's something really, really empowering when you, when you realize that. You know, he's not imposing. He doesn't force his way into your life. If you do your, your life and don't want his involvement, he doesn't force his way very often. Okay, what else? Except what he's telling you. And what's, the, what's the number one way that he tells you how, what you're supposed to do? In his word, thank you. Annika, sing realize that. It's, I mean, that do, do what he's, he's telling you to do. That's what we're talking about. He doesn't force his way. His, Lord, you, if, you'll, if you'll teach me what I'm supposed to do right now for today, I will do it. 
How many of you guys, and you don't have to raise your hand or answer this, but just think to yourself, Lord, if you'll teach me your will, I will obey it. I will follow you if you'll just show me the way. Because if that's not your attitude, it's not likely that you're going to be close to Jesus. Okay, what else? Abiding in Jesus. My question again is abiding in Jesus. What does that mean? What's the point of that verse? Trust God. And if you trust God, yeah, okay. Allowing him to consume everything. So if there's any, th- any part of your life, what Luke is preaching is if there's anything that's part of your life that isn't, that isn't from him, isn't of him, isn't about him, will you, would you let him have that? Okay? Loving him as you want to be loved, just like, Lord, I want to love you. Sure. Okay. Here, here's what I'm asking you guys. What abiding in him means. So the point here is that how does, a bra- how does a grape branch produce grapes? He's using a metaphor here. He's like, I'm the vine. You guys are the branches. If a branch is stuck to the main part of the vine, that branch is going to have fruit, right? Okay? If it's not connected to the vine, it's not going to have fruit, right? Okay? If it's, if it's connected to the vine, does it have to try to cr- produce fruit? No. If it's not connected to the vine and it tries to produce fruit, what will happen? No fruit. No, fr- no fruit at all. If, if, you, if you cut the, br- the, the branch off the main part of the vine, it is not going to produce fruit, right? Jesus' point is this. If you're connected with me, your life is going to work. If you're not connected with me, your life don't work. Period. You don't have to sit there and go, oh, I'm trying, trying, and trying to produce. This is what so many of us try to do. We try to make love happen in our lives. We try to make love happen. We try to rearm our mind. We try to take steps. We try to trust. It doesn't work if you're not connected to the vine. You guys hearing me? And if you're connected to the vine, yeah, it takes time for the fruit to grow. But it grows. It happens. It's all a matter of whether you're connected to the vine or not, whether you're connected to Jesus or not. So the question is, are you connected to Jesus? And how do you connect with Jesus? I just ask you guys that. What does it mean to abide in him? What does it mean to be connected with him? And all of you guys said really good things, but you only said half of it. And I've talked about this, but maybe not for a long time. But once again, you guys need to be connected with Jesus. I need to be connected with Jesus. If we're connected with Jesus, we bear fruit. This stuff works. We'll know the will of God for our lives, okay? If we're not connected with him, it doesn't work. So we say, let's connect with him. And I ask how to do that. And you say, let's read our Bible. Let's pray. Let's turn to him when we're stressed. Let's um, take him with us. Let's listen to worship music. Here's the that's, scripture. That's why I teach the Bible on Thursday. That's all good. I want you to think differently after tonight. And all of that is a connection with Jesus on a, physical, on, a, on a spiritual level. Connect with his spirit. What would it mean to connect with Jesus on a physical level? Here's, wh- here's what, I'm t- what I'm talking about. How many of you guys have a, have a long-distance a long love relationship with somebody? Okay. Okay. <laughs> now nah, he's not too far away. We'll Where is he? We'll look at for our lives, okay? You're raising his hand. He's only about a... Where is he? Where did he go? Him. Okay. Okay. Long-distance love. That's only because he's about 20 feet away. Um, <laughs> anybody got a really long-distance love relationship? Huh? Does anybody got a long-distance love relationship? Where... Okay, John, that's right. John, John is in love with sweet Yemi. Yemi's in my tribe in the Philippines teaching English. I'm so proud of her. John, but she doesn't have any, she doesn't have FaceTime there, does she? Okay. 
So it doesn't work. Okay, if you guys have been, have you, if you've done this long distance love relationship thing, you guys get on FaceTime, right? Not our like, time. Oh, I miss you. How's the day going? And, right? God, right? It all belongs to you. Right? Are you doing this, Logan? How often? Every night. For how, for how long? 30 minutes. 30 minutes to an hour. It doesn't even, even when Joe and Keanu were, before they got married, I'd go in, I'd give, you know, I'd go pray with Keanu every night, and I'd be in there talking to her, and then all of a sudden I hear some noise, I'm like, Joe's been listening to this this whole time? <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, we're just being together over FaceTime. I'm like, I didn't know he was there. I mean, they're not even talking. They're just being together. There's like this connection through FaceTime. Guys, that's being connected with Jesus. But Joe and Kiana and Logan and Miss Daniela aren't satisfied with FaceTime. That's the equivalent. Guys, when we talk about being connected with Jesus on a spiritual level, that's the equivalent of it. What Logan wants is to be with Daniela. What Joe and Kiana want was to be together. We got them married last year and now they live on a little romantic island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And Miles and Jess are going to go to visit them here pretty soon, right? That's right. That's right. On their honeymoon. Um, okay, here's the deal. They wanted to be together. Here, here's, I want you guys to, t- to listen to what I'm saying about this. All of you, when I ask what it means to abide in Christ, what it mean, when I ask what it means to be connected with Christ, you mentioned things that were really, really good. But it's, it was the equivalent. It was, some, it was it's related to doing romance on FaceTime. You want to be with that person. Okay. So, what so stop worrying about trusting the Lord with all your heart. Jesus. And the last thing was be connected with him on a, serving his people. Just It's being with his people. Connected, a physical connection to the body of Christ. You guys are like, oh, come on. That's not right. It's me and Jesus. When Jesus talked, and this, guys, this is, the, this is where so many people miss out on knowing God's will is because they think that a connection with Jesus means it's going to be me and him. The spiritual level, and, and I want to suggest to you physically, that knowing God's on. will only happens with a connection to Him spiritually and physically. And if you try to bypass Jesus on a physical level, you don't get very far. You guys know what I'm talking about, being, being connected with Jesus physically. The physical body of Jesus on this planet right now is the people of God. Now, is Jesus' physical body somewhere else? Yeah, it is. And he's coming back. But in his absence, he said, you spiritual level and on a physical level. We're going we're gonna to close in prayer here. But, Aaron, would you just, would you, for how long? So, we, as, as we think about, minutes, as you think minutes to an hour, about your future, I'm begging. So, we, as, as we think about, as you think about your future, I'm begging you. This is really serious because I know what some of you, what so many people who have come here think is like, I can do, I can, I can make life work with me and Jesus. That's true. But what they mean, what they're thinking is I can make life work with me and Jesus on a spiritual level and I don't need his body physically and they move on. And I got to, every, every, there's not one wedding I've done that's, that has ended in divorce yet. But I found out just a couple weeks ago that one of the weddings that I did back eight years ago, that they're planning to get divorced. And I'm irritated. And they owe me because I didn't charge them a dime. I don't, I don't charge if for weddings. I don't charge for have premarital counseling. If you've done this long distance love relationship, relationship thing, married, you guys get a divorce you right? $2,000 a piece. Okay? So they owe me. And they owe me for more than that. But, but you know what? Here's where it started. It started by them 
by it started by them deciding they don't really need to come to church anymore. They were, they, we're looking around, they said. We're looking around. We're trying this church. We're trying that church. A church where nobody knew them. Where they could sit in a pew and not be connected. And it didn't work. And you guys, you guys could tell stories the same thing. Because you've seen people again and again and again like, I'm going to follow Jesus. I read my Bible. I pray. I drive to work, listen to worship music. But I don't like those weird people at the cornerstone. <laughs> Are you guys hearing me? Okay. So we're wrapping this up right now. You guys want to know God's will for your life? I'm telling you, we, gotta tr we, gotta tr we, we must love. We, that's where we started in the first place, loving people, renewing our minds, change the way that we think. I'm asking you guys even tonight. That's why that's I'm teaching the Bible, to try to help you guys to think a different way. I take this seriously. That's, that's why I teach the Bible on Thursday night. I want you to think differently after tonight than how you thought yesterday. Step out and start following. Do the thing. Go to Walmart and reach the world. Trust the Lord. You don't know the future, but he does. So stop worrying about it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the last thing was be connected with him on a spiritual level and on a physical level. We're going we're gonna to close in prayer here. But Aaron, would you just would you come, come and uh, we're going to spend, we're going to sing a couple more songs. And as we do this, here's, here's what I want to ask you guys to do. Would you guys just, as we're singing, would you be praying, Lord, I want your will for my life. I want your will for my life. I love you. I want you to change the way that let's try to do. We try. I want to suggest love happen in our lives. We try to make love happen. We try to remember my Even though it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I'll I'll take a step towards you because I trust you. And Lord, I'm committed to being connected with you on a spiritual level and a physical level. So guys, let's let's just would you just be praying that as we as we sing a couple songs and then we'll come together and we're gonna pray about a couple things together and we'll be done. Okay? So let's stand up.